0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello everybody, producer Al here. It's time for another TSFP Presents re-release here on the Monday podcast feed. And it's time for another episode of Classic Teams. This time you get not one, but two Classic Teams. It's the Real Sociedad and Athletic Club sides which dominated Spanish football in the early 1980s. Remember, for access to our entire archive of TSFP Presents episodes, plus Rincon Gulturale, weekly bonus pods and Q&A pods, my paper reviews and access to the TSFP Discord. You can join us over at patreon.com forward slash TSFP.
1: Hello patrons and welcome to episode 4 of TSFP Presents Classic Teams. This week we're talking about a really, really interesting period of Spanish football and indeed Spanish history. And we're not talking about one, but two classic teams. It's the period at the start of the 1980s when Spanish football was dominated by the Basque teams. Real Sociedad champions in 1981 and 1982 only to then see Athletic Bilbao win the league title in 1983 and 1984. So we had four consecutive Basque champions. We've never seen a region dominate Spanish football like this as Basque Country did at the start of the 1980s. Obviously, I was looking back, and in the 1960s, only Real Madrid and Atletico Madrid won the league yes. title. So apart, yeah. from that, apart from that, you've never seen Andalusia with a lot more population than, than the Basque Country, or Valencia, or even Catalonia or Galicia. None of these regions have ever dominated La Liga as the Basque Country did at the start of the 1980s. We're obviously going to talk about the teams, some of the players involved, some of the iconic managers involved as well. But almost as important as this, or as interesting, is the political and social context of what was happening in Spain at the 1980s. At the start of the 1980s, it was a, a rather wild time. I think you can say in all in all aspects. Anyway, we'll get to that in in a moment. But let let let's start talking about about the football and about Real Sociedad winning their first ever league title in 1981. Obviously, Athletic Bilbao had previously won league titles. I think they they'd won <coughs> six before winning it in 1983. Real yeah. Sociedad had never won a league title. They won it in 1981, they won it in 1982 and they've never they've never won it since. They came relatively close in 2002 but they've they've never done so since. Yeah, and and as you say, I mean part of the, the the
2: the kind of the significance of this begins with the beginning of Spanish football that that Basque uh, clubs in particular Athletic Club Bilbao obviously were 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 kind of if you like that the heart of the of the genesis of, of football in Spain. The Athletic Club were the strongest side in those first 15, 20, 30 years. Then, obviously, post-Civil War. Why were they the strongest team? Essentially, because... You they were are, founded by Brits. Well, yes, there is that. And, and actually, that British element, and I'm sure this will kind of be, be, be sort of... Implicit in the background and a lot of what we say, that British element is very much there, and I think it's 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 very explicitly there with Athletic Club. But I think it's it's kind of implicitly there a little bit, of, even with Real you know, just in in terms of the way that the Basque country expresses its football, the way that it lives its football. I think while this might sound banal and and daft, I think there is something in the fact that it's climatological as well. I mean, I genuinely think that plays a a part in this. This is a part of the country that's that's cold and wet a lot of the time. Um, And I think that the the footballing culture is is partly born of that. I mean, for example, watching some of the footage of these two league titles you know the pictures are something else admittedly in in, in one of our league title wins it's actually one in Gijon which is another place where it's cold and wet um, but it's it, there's there's definitely something in that and, and obviously Atletico also and this is one of the other things that gets forgotten over time Atletico are the founders effectively the founders of Atletico Madrid now, this is this is a kind of a, a branch. These are Athletic Bilbao fans in Madrid who, who found um, Atletico Madrid and, and they're the teams that well, Athletic Bilbao are that, that dominate the start of Spanish football. But then post civil war and, and certainly post second world war, that's kind of it. That is kind of it until this era. Um it's sort of almost worth taking this to December 1976, isn't it? When when in the in the Basque derby you get mm. uh, Ignacio Cotarrabia and, and, and José Ángel Iriba, the two the two captains of Real Sociedad and Athletic Bilbao, going onto the pitch together, carrying the Basque flag. That's Icarina. maybe the
0: most iconic image Without in doubt. the history of, of Basque football. Of course, that was a year after Franco died. The Basque flag at that time was still illegal, mm. technically. Even getting hold of one of those flags wasn't necessarily easy because it had to be done on the quiet. And the fact that they carried out onto the pitch. Apparently there were quite a lot of nerves around the decision Mm. to do that because no one knew like I say it was illegal no one knew how the how the police were going to react what the reaction was was going to be but like I say what an iconic image
2: yeah and part of that process I mean this is you know a demonstration again and we said this a million times that that politics and football don't mix is the is the old cliche but it's it's just not true they do mix they're 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 very very entwined the connection for example between particularly between Athletic and the PMV the 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 Bass National Party is is very very close Um, and this is you know, this is kind of played out a little bit in these four league titles because of the fact that, all right, they're not the first four league titles after Franco dies, but they are the first four league titles as, as things start to fall in place. So Franco dies in 76, as so you say, the flag's taking on the pitch in, sorry, in 75, the flag's taken onto the pitch in 76, the constitution's written in 78, The there, there are elections, but it, it doesn't really feel like we shift into a kind of a, a consolidated democratic era until the psoe win the elections in 82 so this is all and then of course you get as we talked about in the last um classic teams with the, with the quinto you then get that kind of explosion of, of kind of hedonism if you like in madrid in the 80s which which gets played out through that movida marileña and this is kind of part of that process of people finding themselves hmm. and then also it must be said as well believing that this somehow will be a permanent shift and it turns out not to be
1: yes Okay well well I mean we can talk more about the uh, social political context if if you like now because it is it is incredibly interesting as you said Spain was a, a fledgling democracy mm. at, at this time and of course parallel to what's going on on the pitch uh, what's going on off the pitch and around the Basque country is obviously partic- perhaps the bloodiest period in ETA's uh, yes. struggle I think 1980 was was their most deadly year mm. obviously ETA You know the terrorist organisation who killed 890 people, I think it was, during their decades-long struggle and ultimately futile futile struggle for for an independent Basque country. Um, But this was going on, and I don't know, it just, for me, when I was researching this, it just feels like, is it a coincidence? Is there something that we can, is there a thread we can pull at here that, that Basque football dominated La Liga in the years where ETA was most... Active, it was. I don't know. There's, there's. If there's some sort of correlation there, um, what do you think? It's very difficult to know, isn't it? I mean, it's very difficult to kind of
2: find find the connection. I mean, you can find the connection in terms of this, in terms of cre- the creation of an environment, if you like, of self expression, the environment, if you like, of, of, of that word in Spanish that probably doesn't have a great English translation, reivindicación. I don't know what you'd call that. They're kind of they're trying to make a case. They're trying to set yourself apart. They're trying to to kind of step forward, which obviously, I mean, it's, you've got to be very careful about suggesting that because there is a, obviously a very significant difference between Basque nationalists and terrorism, and indeed, yeah. and indeed, Basque independentists and terrorism. There's yeah. also when you look at ETA, um, you look at the process that that ETA went through, and of course, there's a difference in the way that it's seen and understood and embraced or otherwise by um, by Basque society over this period of time. So in other words, ETA's kind of fight against the Franco regime is seen differently to its fight in the first years of democracy when it's still not sure which direction democracy will take in. And very, very differently again to its fight in more recent years until, yes. until the recent ceasefire. And so that sense of whether there is a justification for this armed struggle and that sense of whether you indulge this or you don't indulge this I think shifts with time. Because hmm. by definition it depends, at least in in part,
1: on who the enemy is, who it is they're fighting against and that changes. But it just seemed to me like during this during this period there is almost literally a war going on in the Basque country. Yeah, Almost. I, th- I, don't, I don't think it's too far-fetched to, to suggest that because as well as ETA, you've got the GAL as well. Yes. You've got the state-sponsored terrorist death squads yes. who were sent out to kill yes. ETA members, ETA sympathisers, Basque nationalists. So this is literally happening in the Basque country over this period. I'm brought to something that, that uh, Anessa
2: Valverde said after the first of October last year. Now obviously let's not create absolutely direct parallels here, but but he was talking about the, the scenes that, that, that had been witnessed during that day and the and the tension and so on. And he said, Well look some of us have kind of grown up seeing some of this. We've seen we've seen some of this thing being in, in, in a Basque country and, and it if you go out, I mean Bill Bow by the way is a, is a is a Transformed place. You mm-hmm. go to Bilbao now and it feels very, very different to the way it felt as recently as 10 or 15 years ago. Mm. I remember the first time I went the time to Bilbao. Of the century, yeah. yeah, the first time I went to Bilbao, which will be, I don't know, 95, I think. Totally different to how it feels now. The Guggenheim, which, and I know we've gone off on a, on a slight tangent, but I mean, it's all part of this. The Guggenheim, which was seen as this kind of almost alien object that didn't really fit with the city has actually been part of a regeneration process that means that Bilbao feels very differently. Now San Sebastian was, San Sebastian's a curious one because it's a much more elegant city. Mm. In a way you can look at it and feel like it's a more Spanish city and yet it's Basque identity. There's a lot of people in Donosti and San Sebastian who would not thank you for suggesting that somehow it's less Basque than Bilbao because it's
0: not. Yeah they might say that it's in it's, some ways more Basque and I guess yeah. that feeds into something we touched well, on it in um, teams
2: as well doesn't and it? also
0: in our regions and rivalries series talking about these two clubs and and the sort of the battle between them as to which is the is the the best or the the best sort of identifier of, of Basque identity which is more Basque yes
1: I mean and it is also worth pointing out that all the almost all the players yeah, no, no, all of them well all this of is them, the point all of them I mean a, a few were not actually born in the Basque country but, sure. then, but then went and became sort of Basque but all of the players that won these league titles are Basque. Yes. All of Yeah, them. I mean, this is Basically. not
2: two teams who happen to play in the Basque country. These are yeah. two Basque teams. Yeah. These are, I mean, you know, most of our listeners will know, but it's worth worth kind of reiterating it. When Raul Soterdad signed John Aldridge, uh, which will be in 88, Eighth? I yeah. think. Um, when Rael Soterdad signed John Aldridge, he is the first foreigner to sign for them in something like 40 years and it's significant that they sign a foreigner foreigner not a Spaniard the first Spaniard foreigner mm. <laughs> forgive the terms but the first Spaniard foreigner they signed is actually Boris from Real Oviedo in 2001 and so this is a team that, 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 that grasped the Basque identity which as we know Athletic Bilbao have maintained as well with a certain elasticity mm. to the definitions but they, they, they grasped the Basque identity and when they felt that they had to break this policy or when they felt that they wanted to break this policy refused for the first, well, that would make it 13 years, wouldn't it, 88 mm. to 2001, refused to include Spaniards in that. Mm. And and so that makes these two... Now, look, you can argue for ages about the, the rights and wrongs of this, but that makes these two titles very special. As you say,
1: these are two Basque teams. Mm. And also, I think in three of the four years, they pipped Real Madrid. On the final day, yeah. <laughs> the well, the thing. thing
0: that strikes you, I think, looking at these four seasons as a whole, is how tight and how close it was. The biggest points gap in these four seasons... Was two points. Hmm, It was two points one season. It was 1.1 season. The other two seasons, they finished level on points at the top of the table. Yeah,
1: Absolutely by the way, incredible.
2: very brief point here, two points for a win for at this stage, yeah. not not three, which obviously alters that, that mechanism, because I think one of these titles is one with 47 points.
1: As you say, uh, when you're level on points, when you were level on points uh, at the top of the table at the end of the season, it was done on head-to-head uh, mm. average as well, not, not goal difference. So uh, I think it was, uh, was it in 1981? In 1981,
0: yes. uh, Real Sociedad beat Real Madrid head-to-head 3-2, Yes. because there'd been a 3-1 game. And a 1-0 game.
1: Yes. So there was uh, not goal difference because yeah. Romandre actually had a better goal difference. But, but yeah, so... Um, and that title is amazing. That yes. final day. I mean, that's, that's probably... Of
2: all, of all the stories to tell mm. in kind of footballing and human terms, that's one. And I've actually bought this photograph along. Now, I realise that this is a podcast and our, our, our listeners can't it's see right, this well, photograph. We can post we'll, it. we we'll can, can, we'll we'll can, can I'll post it. it. OK, yeah, that's a good idea. This is a, this is a very famous story. And this photograph is Juanito. Juanito is walking off the pitch on his knees at Valladolid. Mm. Because he had promised that when Madrid won the league, he would celebrate it by by walking off the pitch on his knees. He is walking off the pitch on his knees, getting to the touchline. And this photo actually shows him about, what would you say that is, 30 centimetres from the touchline. About to get there, and that, with 12 seconds to go in the other game... This is Real Madrid winning at Valladolid. They had to win in sport and, and and Real Sociedad had to lose. Real Sociedad were playing sporting. They were 2-1 down with 12 seconds to go. Real Sociedad equalised. Juanito finds out as he's going off the pitch celebrating that the league has been taken from them. That late, late goal. And it just... I mean, the, the, the footage, by the way, is extraordinary. The footage of the celebration, the footage as well, I mean, of the two leagues, of Atocha. I mean, obviously, the first one is is, is one at, uh, in Gijon at Molinon But the, the footage at Atocha, I mean, it, that is... 1980s all over.
0: And what a way to win your first ever league title! Real Sociedad were only top that first season for the last four rounds. In fact, on match day 25, they were seventh in the yeah. table. That's how late it came. <coughs> Absolutely.
2: And, and also, I mean, as I say, Juanita goes off. They're winning. they 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 they're winning. They th- they think that um, well, they know that uh, that Real Sociedad are losing 2-1 in Gijon. Juanito here, bear in mind that you know this is pre-internet, this is pre-phone, this is radio's you know, information from radio is coming in a little bit broken. Juanito gets wind of a third goal for sporting. He thinks it's 3-1 up in in, in Gijon. It's not it's 2-1. And then you get Perico Alonso, father of course of, of Xavi Alonso, to Zamora. Zamora scores the goal. zamora has got also, I mean, this is another thing about this. These these photos are partly brilliantly iconic because they look so 80s and they look so basque. Yes. And zamora yes. has got that great Basque moustache. He, by the way. Themora and Satrustegi, the two of them who look identical to each other, it's great, you look <laughs> at a photo, they are Julian Lopetegui's heroes as a boy.
1: Oh, really? Yeah.
2: They oh. also scored, a, scored against England at Wembley in 80 or 81, I think. Okay. How about that? Yeah.
0: So that was the 80-81 finale. The finale in 81-82 was pretty special as well, because that involved Real Sociedad beating Athletic yes. at Atocha. And... On the final day, of the season, on the final of the season. Of
2: winning two one, they were two 0 up and it was relatively comfortable. I think then Manu Sarabia scores quite late. Manu Sarabia is another father and son thing, whose son is now the assistant coach of Kike Setien at uh, uh, Real Betis. Yeah. Ederson Sarabia yeah. uh, so Oh, that's yeah, Ederson. Yeah, that's Sarabia <laughs> So there's this 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 kind of anyway. That's that's a sort of a, a, a bit of a tangent, which is very much what we well, do. No, but
1: I think it shows, you know, that how, how this much kind of, a of cult, legacy. That yeah, the, the, the,
2: and I think in a Basque country, almost more than anywhere else, mm. there is that idea of Aita. There is that idea of it threading through and there's a lovely interview by the way of Luis Arconada legendary Luis Arconada the Real Sociedad captain and goalkeeper and play for Spain of course and there's an interview of him holding his son in his arms talking to TVE, and his son is three years old and they say to his son how old are you and he says un dos tres and and, and, and what do you play at and he says uh, portero and that son is also Luis Arconella, who's now the director of communications at Real Sociedad so even though he didn't make it as a player this this kind of culture is is very definitely played through in the Basque country very brief aside here if you get the chance to read um, Football of Fathers and Sons by Galda Reguera who works for the Fundación Athletic Bilbao it's a wonderful book about that relationship between fathers and sons and it feels very Basque and yet obviously a lot of what he tells is universal that's by the way. so that second title um, there was a very clear sense going into the game that Athletic Bilbao's players weren't going to deny Real Sociedad this title. Mm. This tells you something about mm. that Basque relationship mm. and that when they won it, Athletic Bilbao fans celebrated this as well. Maybe not to the extent of actually going onto the streets and going crazy, but there was a real sense that this is all of ours. This is for the whole of the, of Euskadi. This mm. is the whole of the Basque country. And I think that was replicated when Athletic Bilbao then went and won it in, in, in 83 and 84. And I think this is the point. This is why we've done two teams together. It is those two teams together win this title now that relationship is not as
1: good as it was no but back then it really was but I think that plays into the actual social political context absolutely, of the time absolutely well. it does absolutely, absolutely it does yeah um, the players you, uh, you you mentioned you mentioned uh, Arconada and uh, Satrusteghemi I mean, they were they and Lope Lopet- Fulfati
2: as well who was a, I mean Lopet- they had probably yeah. the
1: best uh, Zamora, the, the, say, the, yeah. the,
2: the argument was I mean obviously you know Go back and, and try and find others, but they, the argument was that that they possibly had the best left wing that uh-huh. that, that, yes. that that anyone in Spain had had for many many years. They were they were extraordinary on the left hand side,
1: and they were one club men yes. as well. You Abs- know, yes, through and through. All right, nineteen eighty three. Then Athletic Bilbao uh, win the title in another. Um Pretty dramatic final yes. day as well. Again, it was uh, again it's Real Madrid. Real Madrid, and was that you're right. That's part of it. That is part of, yeah. is part of what is, makes it, it symbolic. Is. It's beating it the capital. Of course it is.
0: Of course it is. Um, and Madrid had led for most of that season as well, and end up losing the league by by just the one point. I believe
2: that's the season when Madrid lost everything. Like, I think they got to. I think I might be wrong in saying this, but I think they got oh, to. The Copa Aberdeen
0: L- didn't they? they Copa did del Rey
2: final and lost it. Lost the league on the final day and they lost it in a- to Aberdeen in the cup, cup winners' cup. Yeah. I've got a feeling they might have lost <laughs> the super cup final as well
1: that year. And yeah. they, they that was a team when they came second in everything. They only needed a draw on the final yes. day against a struggling Valencia side, but um, they, they they didn't manage to. And uh, an Athletic uh, beat Las Palmas. They came from behind to beat Las Palmas on the final day and win their uh, league title with their seventh league title, with Javier Clemente as manager. Yes, Javier Clemente,
0: 32
1: (laughs) years old. Can you imagine doing that at 32? (laughs) That's why he's still around. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I mean, you know, you look back and think he shouldn't still be around Javier Clemente. I mean, these days he's mostly around having a go at people. He was always a bit bonkers. He was known as El Rubio de de Baracaldo, the blonde from Baracaldo. Um, uh, And he was... Well, I mean, even then... He was kind of pugnacious and aggressive. And the way that he played, which he always... And we come back to something we said earlier. He always likened to an English style. And Clemente is someone who very, very much likes British football. Um, That the idea was that it would be two central midfielders that would protect the back four, that you would open the pitch up and play with wingers, but that you would fundamentally be quite direct. Clemente, of course, was a person who effectively coined the term tiki-taka but coined it as a criticism. It's like, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So that was basically, what like, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and, and the alternative is, is what's kind of almost become known as pata pumpa arriba, which is boom, bish, bosh, bash the ball up there. The and English that way. The yeah. English way. And that was kind of what Clemente was, even though bizarrely to start with the English way back in the 20s and 30s was to pass the ball to each other. Mm. Whereas it used to be you just take it in terms of dribble. Um, and Clemente was, was, was pugnacious, was feisty, uh, possibly less so than he later became. And certainly, different Hmm. you know I mean he he has become a bit of a kind of a a worn out record over the years but at that stage he was a totally different character almost Mourinho-esque I suppose
1: to to what had been seen before Hmm. Uh, he led them to another league title in 1984 their 8th Again, a very dramatic final day with Real Madrid and Barcelona and Athletic Bilbao all uh, being able to be crowd champions. And indeed, on that final day, they all were mathematically champions at some point in that mm. in that day. Before um, uh, it was a 79th minute winner. There we go for Athletic Bilbao against uh, against Real. So- That's so- 11 minutes to go. That's boring, so- isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like 11 whole
2: minutes to go. It's really
1: yes. Yeah, as you say, against Real, so- I again, so- And again,
2: no yeah. no bitterness at them winning it. In mm. fact, a, a celebration of the of the fact that they won it. It's curious as well. I mean, we talked. A lot about the the confrontation with um, with Real Madrid and how that 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 helps to symbolise all this. But at this stage, and it didn't last very long, but for two or three years, mm. there was a creation of a really really bitter rivalry between Athletic Bilbao and Barcelona, mm. which of course culminated in that. Absolutely brutal. Yeah. Cop of the final. Brutal is not a word I like using, um, but but in, in that case, it's absolutely. Well, that, accurate. that
0: footage was doing the rounds on Twitter the other week, and I can't remember who posted it originally. But if you haven't seen that footage of uh, the brawl um, that breaks unreal. out, I mean, check it out because it's like nothing you've ever seen on a on a football pitch before or or since really. And and of course, this feeds
2: into. Uh, it might sound again like we're going off on a tangent, but it's it's not quite a tangent. This feeds into. In a way, what that Atletico Bilbao team were, and of course, famously, uh, Goycochea broke uh, Diego Maradona's leg and put his boot in it in like a kind of a glass case. And there was this confrontation, this kind of verbal, aggressive confrontation between Javier Clemente and Bilado. Um, that was this kind of always, always this kind of, you know, this is. Yeah, it, it was nasty, really, really nasty. And 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 by the way, Clemente also fell out with Manu Sarabia, his own player, because Sarabia was this kind of. <laughs> Was finesse and
0: technique and talent and Clemente was all the time. So that challenge um, from Goycochea on Maradona, that was that was in '83. That was the year before, wasn't it? And it was such a bad challenge that initially he was banned for 18 games yeah. it was reduced to six on, on appeal but imagine how bad a tackle has to be back then when you could get, basically in kick, the 80s you could kick the shit out of it but you and get banned I mean, for
1: 18 games he even got a yellow card for it as well <laughs> uh, just,
0: not just, a red just to give you an idea of how bad it was he got a, got a yellow card but yeah that was what became before like, like you say that was the, the, the row that culminated in that Copa del Rey final between Athletic and Barca
1: and, and some of those uh, iconic uh, Athletic Bilbao players obviously we mentioned uh the man nicknamed The Butcher yes, yes. Uh, the be about uh, Subitezeta as well in goal. Yeah. There's some uh, lovely footage
2: actually of when. Raul have win the league against the Athletic Bilbao, Zubizarreta and Arconada together. Um, you know, two this was this also feeds into this idea that for a long time the Basque Country was kind of the home of great goalkeepers because of course of Ediba, who we've always mentioned coming on as a captain with the with the flag. I mean even Iker Casillas up to a point, you know, he's his dad was an athletic fan, he's name given a, a Basque name. Because I got a feeling that Ica's brother might have a Basque name as well, but I've completely forgotten what it is now. Um, and th- just that sense that there was something about the
1: Basque country that was different and at that point even more so absolutely as we said um uh, it, in the uh, social political context of the time <coughs> there was a lot going on at the basque country mm. and i mean there was a lot going on in spain anyway well i think this time. is it and we as
2: Th- we said we said this about the the quinto team you know that this was this was being this kind of explosion was happening in madrid as well
1: i mean in february 1981 there was literally a Military coup attempt in the Spanish Parliament. Live on TV. Live on TV. Two hundred uh, armed guards with uh, Lieutenant Colonel Antonio Tejero stormed the Spanish Parliament as they were trying to elect a new prime minister. Yeah, tanks and, rolling onto the streets in Valencia. People leaving the Basque Country. People yeah. literally crossing the border into France, frightened. Yes, and and one of the reasons given for this, obviously there are many reasons for for for, for this, but obviously the upsurge in ETA violence and what was going on in the Basque Country at the time directly caused this attempted military it coup it cer- in Madrid. And it, cer- it
2: certainly... Um I suppose, obviously, as you say, there's interpretive ways of looking at it. It yes. certainly provided some of the excuse. Yes. It certainly provided yes. some of the excuse. And, 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 you know, I mean, it's genuinely... It's, the, the footage is extraordinary. By the way, if you get the chance to read the book, Anatomy of a Moment, is, is, is wonderful it's wonderful. It's about that moment, isn't it? It's mm. about that moment. It's a
0: brilliant book. To maybe end on a, on a slightly lighter note, um, is it worth mentioning how uh, Athletics celebrate their trophy wins? Yes. Because most teams have an open-top bus. Athletics don't have an open-top bus. They've got a boat. A
2: barge, in fact, not it's just a boat, it's a barge, it's a great big barge. And, and it's, it's, it, it's kind of, this is one of the other things, right? You go to San Sebastián, and in particular Bilbao, I think Bilbao more so than San Sebastián, but both of them, you go into a bar and there will be photographs of the barge on the wall. In San Sebastián there will be photographs of, of that Zamora goal. The, the, there's a kind of sense that we embrace this history and we keep it there. I don't know about you, but it's very rare that you go into a bar in Madrid and there are football photographs on the wall.
1: Hmm. Very it depends rare. where you go Yeah, yeah. you get, in,
2: you get not, in
0: certain kind of football bars but there's not very yeah, many not of them. whereas in Bilbao it,
2: in Bilbao certainly mm. it kind of feels like it's every bar mm. You know, and yeah, there, know there is something mean, of no. an embracing of that I suppose it's partly because you embrace this because deep down you know it's not coming back whereas mm. in 1984 I think they thought it was coming back I think they thought that wow somehow because of the shift Franco's dead society's changed we're, this is our moment we're going to keep doing this and it didn't happen. Yeah, of that barge
0: spent spent quite a long time uh, unused. Up. Yeah. yeah. I mean they they, uh, they and then
1: they brought it out again when they won the Spanish
0: Super yeah. Cup. And, uh, and, and, and this were incredible
1: you. scenes. Well, that's the thing 30, when you see the photos and the video, yeah. the
0: number of people lining the the banks of the river as the barge goes past and there's lots of little boats following it along the river as well. Yeah. Correct me if
2: I'm wrong, but I've got a feeling that when they there was some sort of battle over the barge um when they when they won the Super Cup a couple of years ago because there was some sort of suggestion that the barge itself wasn't safe and it needed to be re rehabilitated isn't the right word in English, I don't know what you call that. Just done up a bit. Done up a bit. <laughs> uh, and there was, there was some sort of battle about... Health whether, and safety gone uh, mad. Exactly, whether you're allowed to do it. But the, have a look. Uh, look up yeah. the word, uh, what's barge again? Uh, Gabarra, no? I don't know. I think it's called that La Gabarra del Atletic. Look up La Gabarra del Atletic on, uh, on, just on Google, because the photographs are just the whole of the side yeah. of, of, of the river, completely packed. Pretty much where, where the Guggenheim is now, obviously it wasn't then. It's just brilliant yes just certainly. that little touch of something different which of course in a way is the basque country in a nutshell yeah
1: you know it really is so there we go that was um us talking about the basque classic teams of the uh, of the early 1980s go and check out the footage go and read up about it as well it is a, a really interesting period and we'll in put this one
2: picture on the thing i'll take a photograph of it right now
1: yes we'll put it on the thing uh thanks <laughs> well, the, for listening the thing being twitter right <laughs> thing being, or patreon <laughs> oh yes or patreon Indeed. of course. um so thanks for listening obviously we'll be back in a couple of weeks with another program about another Classic team, or maybe two. Who knows? We'll see you then. Adios. Cheerio. Bye. Podcast Network.